0: My name is Michelle Gage. I was in the back worshiping with you. That was such a beautiful time of worship. I am so grateful for our dream team. We have a new member today. Her name is Maddie right here. Maddie has been in development, and she is now a part of our worship dream team. We are con- constantly adding to the team. I know the host teams had their onboarding Sunday today, so we are just building the dream team, right? Because we can do great things together. Come on. We can do great things together. That's right. We cannot do it alone. We do it together. If you're not a part of the dream team, you need to be a part. There's all kinds of different ways that we can serve God. God has given us all different kinds of gifts, right? And sometimes our gifts, we think, can't make a difference. But the very gift that you have, God has given to you to be a part of the body of Christ to make a difference to reach Lake Nona for Jesus. We need you to be a part. It may be a simple thing that you think, oh, it wouldn't make any difference, but it will. I promise you. It's why God gave it to you, right? So that's why we do great things together. Okay, that's my announcement for the day. Okay, you guys ready for week eight of Habits of Happiness? It's going to be great. This has been so good. I don't know that we've ever gone through a complete book like this. And we're in the book of Philippians. We're learning from the Apostle Paul. He's written this letter to the church of Philippi when he is sitting in a Roman prison. Remember? Chained to a guard. He is writing this letter on how to be happy. How countercultural is that? How upside down is that? But that's the way that God works. He works in that way. He can work in circumstances and situations in our life. He can bring us happiness even in the worst of times, right? God has that ability in our lives. So today we're jumping into the second part of Philippians 4. Now there's all kinds of amazing scripture in Philippians 4. In fact, some of you may have some of this scripture memorized I know that a lot of athletes wear some of this scripture on their eye black, but I'm wondering if they really know that this came from Paul in a prison and what he was actually talking about, but we're going to talk about it today, okay? We're talking about Philippians 4, 6 through, uh, let me check one more time, 13, yes, that one that I was just talking about, Philippians 4, 6 through 13, because Paul is teaching us during this this passage, during this section of his letter, how we can live. And he's teaching us how to have coping strategies when we have stress in our life. You think he knew what it meant to have stress in his life? I think so. I think there's something we can learn from this man who is chained to a prison guard in a Roman prison cell. He was felt God had called him to Rome to share the gospel of Jesus. And here he is in a prison cell. But you know what? What the enemy means for evil, God can use for good. And we're still reading this passage today. And God used Paul in an incredible way. So we're going to learn what he has to say to us about stress. Does anybody have any stress in their life? Anybody? Can anybody relate? yes okay good i'm glad i'm not the only one we all have stress in our life we have stress in our homes we have stress with our kids we're worried about our kids right we have stress in in relationships some of us have stress in our family extended relationships we have stress in our friendships we have stress in our workplace we have stress in our finances One of the most stressful things is to move somewhere new. And people are moving here all the time. So I know we got some stressed out people, right? It's just life has the opportunity to be stressed. And especially with all that's going on in our world. If you carry that on your shoulders... It can stress you out, it can stress us out, cause us to live in worry in our lives. But Paul Paul is teaching us how to manage the stress in our lives in this section of Philippians. In fact, he gives us five ways to do that. I love the scripture, but I'm not going to take the time to read it all right now. I want you to get out your app. If you have the uh, Rethink Life app, you can pull it out, and it's all spelled out right there for you. You can get your Bible app, or if you brought your Bible to church, with you can get your Bible out, okay, and read it. It's Philippians 4, 6 through 13. But we're going to talk about these things because inside of these things, there is a guarantee Of how to deal with stress it's not a guarantee from a doctor it's not a prescription from a doctor it's a prescription from God on how to deal with stress in verse 7 in the Living Bible it says if you do these things you will experience God's peace which is far more wonderful than human mind can even understand his peace will keep your thoughts quiet and your heart at rest who needs that a heart at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus the Bible is teaching us that it's about this peace that surpasses all human understanding that's what this is talking about right now and that's the kind of peace that I need in my life how about you A peace that the world cannot understand, but a peace that God will give us, that quiets our thoughts and keeps our heart at rest. There are over 7,000 promises in the Bible, and there are precepts to the promise. So there's something that you have to do to receive the promise in your life. And this is one of those. There's a condition that if you do this, then God says, I'll do this for you. Does that make sense? So we're getting ready to learn that there's specifically five things that God is telling us through the Apostle Paul that we need to do in our life to have a heart at rest instead of stressed. A heart at rest instead of stressed. That's what we're talking about today. Now this is some of the most simplistic precepts in the Bible. Some of the most, the simplest precepts in the Bible But they are the hard ones, right, to put into practice every single day. You know, as Pastor Rodney always says, I like to put the cookies on the bottom shelf. So that we can reach them. Well, this is what God has done for us in this scripture. But we got to apply them to our life, right? It's got to be Monday morning practical. So take notes today, okay? Take notes because we all have opportunity to be stressed. If you're not stressed today, then something's going to come up tomorrow, okay? So we all need this prescription of how to have a heart at rest instead of being stressed. Number one is don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. Paul actually wrote that right there in the prison cell because the number one stress in our life is not our work, it's our worry. Stress, our worry stresses us out in our life if we allow it to. The Bible's very clear when it comes to this issue of worry. It's the very first verse that it says right there, Philippians 4, 6, don't worry about Anything, that seems very simple, but how hard is it to put into practice, right? The, uh, there's a version that says, don't be anxious about anything. We got a lot of people that are anxious. There's a lot of anxiety coming out of the past couple of years that we've come out of, and I don't think we can stop talking about it quite yet because we are still reaping the fruit of what happened, right, to us. We're anxious. We're stressed. We're worried. Our children are stressed. And we got to know how to deal with it. The Bible says in the Passion Translation, I love this, don't be pulled in different directions and worried. Can't you just see it? Like that stretchy man toy that we used to have that was pulled and stretched in all different directions and worried. Jesus thought worry was such an important topic that he sat his disciples down, on the, um, by the Sea of Galilee, where he gave this amazing scripture called the Sermon on the Mount. You're familiar with it, right? The Sermon on the Mount. Jesus spent a lot of time talking about worry in that scripture. I've sat right there on the edge of the mountain overlooking the Sea of Galilee. It's beautiful. But a storm can come up over those mountains just like that. And the the disciples could be worried just like that. But yet, sitting in this peace and tranquility, looking over this beautiful Sea of Galilee, Jesus is reminding them, in life you will have troubles, but remember, I've overcome the world. And he's talking to them about worry. The four things that he teaches them very quickly, we got to move fast through these, is that worry is unreasonable. Matthew 6, 25, Jesus said, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is life, is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes, right? What we focus on in our life expands. We talked about in this series in the series, worry exaggerates the problems that we have. So it's unreasonable for us to worry. Stewing on things doesn't really make any difference in the problems that we have, right? Worry doesn't change it. It's unreasonable. Number two, worry is unnatural. You weren't born a worrier. You know, some of us say we were born worriers, but no, not really, we are not born warriors. God didn't make us warriors. We did that to ourselves. We have brought that on ourselves. And the good news is if we've learned to worry, then we can also unlearn to worry, right, in our lives. Matthew six twenty six says, Look at the birds of the air. Do they not sow or reap or store away in barns? And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? Jesus is saying to them right there on the side of the Sea of Galilee and he's saying to us today you don't have to worry I am going to take care of you it's unhealthy it's unnatural for us to worry Matthew 6 28 and 29 says and why worry about clothes look at the field lilies they don't worry about theirs yet King Solomon all his glory was never clothed as beautiful as they are Jesus is reminding us that he's going to take care of us. Proverbs 12, 25 says, An anxious heart weighs a man down. Do you know what that feels like? An anxious heart weighs a man down. Worry, that word worry actually comes from an old English word that means to strangle or to choke. So you're strangling and you're choking the life out of your life when you worry. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's, the worry can take us down quick. So just the opposite of an anxious heart is pr- talked about in Proverbs 14.30. A heart at peace gives life to the body so worry strangles but a heart of peace that god is talking to us through paul a peace that surpasses all understanding gives life to us so that we might be the light and salt to the world around us worry is unhelpful number three matthew 6 27 says who are you by worrying or who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life i love that scripture (laughs) so so clear What's worry going to do is not going to add another hour to our life, right? Worry cannot lengthen your life. It cannot change the past. It cannot control the future. And it just messes up today. Right? Worry cannot change a thing in our life. And number four, Jesus tells them, worry is unnecessary. Matthew 6.30 says, if God cares so wonderfully for the flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, won't he more surely care for you, O little faith? 1 Peter 5.7, one of my favorite scriptures, I love this. Unload all your worries on God since he is looking after you. Just unload it. I love that word unload. From the original Greek, it says just drop it. Just drop it. You know, when I go to the gym, anybody know what these bags are at the gym? I've been introduced to these over at the Performance Center. Okay? Anybody know what this is? It's a weight bag. So they will put us on the treadmill and the incline, we've got the incline going, right? And then they say pick up the weight bag. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, well, I'm going to show you right now. So you pick up these weight bags, and they all uh, weigh different uh, weights. And I figured out it's because of the amount of sand that's in them, right? So it's this weight that we're carrying on the treadmill, and we're walking on the incline, and, and it's intense. It's intense, and sometimes my, my trainer, McKenna, will say, get it over your head, carry it like this. And when I was thinking about this scripture where it says, Unload it. Unload all your worries on God since he cares for you. It says, just drop it. Cast all your cares on him for he cares for you. Just drop it. Just throw it off. That's exactly what the scripture is telling us. Just drop it. So in your mind, when you're worrying and when you're anxious, can you think to yourself, cast it off. In fact, you may want to just use your hand. Cast it off. I cast it off. I throw it off. I unload it. Because God is saying, I care for you. You don't need to worry. You don't need to carry it. I'm out of breath right now. It's like a panic attack does it to you, right? You can barely breathe sometimes with the worry that you carry. And God is saying, cast it off. I care for you. It's not adding one single thing to your life to worry about this right now. Cast it off. I care for you. I love that. So worry is unreasonable. It's unnatural. It's unhelpful. And it's unnecessary for us to carry the worry in our life. So back to Philippians. So we were there with Jesus on the mount. Now we're back to Paul in the prison cell. And he's writing this letter to us. So he says, worry, don't worry about anything. Number two, pray about everything. Philippians 4 says, never worry about anything. Instead, in every situation, let God know what you need in your prayers and requests. Worry about nothing but pray about everything. It seems so simple, right? But if we don't have that basic, simple thing as a part of our lives, we're carrying around a lot of weight and stress that we do not need to carry in our lives. James 4 2 says, You do not have, you do not have because you do not ask of God. Don't panic but pray, right? We got to start. Talking to ourselves about all the stuff going on around in our world, all the things we got going on. We talk to ourselves constantly, right? About them. We need to stop worrying and we need to start praying. We need to pray every day. Start your day daily in prayer. I promise you, if you want to go to the next level with God in your life, you've got to make this a priority in your heart, in your life. It's simple, but it is absolutely so, so important that you make it a part of your systematic schedule in your life, that you pray daily. When you wake up in the morning, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Do you start to worry? Well, come on, let's start praying. Let's say, God, Thank you for this day. Create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit in me. And God, give me the strength that I need today to face whatever comes my way. And you can begin to even pray for people in your life right even before you get out of bed. God says that we are not to worry, but we are to pray. You know, God needs from us passionate, dependent prayer on him. God hears the prayers of a righteous man and they avail much, the Bible says. They accomplish much. You can do more on your knees than you can do out in the world, I promise you. Because when you've got God on your side, he can do infinitely more than we can ask or even imagine. He's calling us to pray. And I know you're at church and you expect to hear it. But we have to put it into practice. It's the thing that's going to help us with the worry in our lives. Uh, Pastor Rodney and I put together a 21 day prayer challenge and I know some of you have already done it but it's five P's that you can it's a systematic structure that you can pray every single day five P's in your life over your life over your children's life over your husband over every situation in your life you can pray these five P's I don't know if we have that uh, graphic but we had a QR code that you can connect with that do we have that Awesome, that's the 21 day prayer challenge. If you wanna get your phone out, I just highly encourage you to do that because it'll teach you how to easily pray every single day for God to do these things, for God to protect you and your children your whatever situation you're in protect us God, provide for us, may your presence be with us, his presence is always with us right, but may we sense your presence God's power in our lives, the favor of God over our lives, we need the favor of God over our lives I promise you, you want the favor and the power of God in your life and last of all the peace of god to rule and reign in our hearts and that we wear the sandals of peace of the gospel and we share the gospel of peace wherever we go there's five those five p's so easy to memorize and to pray over your life so don't worry pray about everything number three paul says thank god in all things that one's a little tougher Thank God in all things. The Bible says, Philippians 4, 6, Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done in all things. We're not thankful for everything that happens in our life, but we are thankful in all things. Because we know that God is working in all things for our good. You know, there's lots of things that happen in the world, like what's going on in Ukraine right now. I'm not thankful for what is happening there. I'm not thankful for that. But I'm thankful in all things that God is going to bring revival to people's hearts. I'm thankful that it stirs our hearts to know and realize, to pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm thankful that God is on the move through different ministry partners that we come alongside to help the people there. We can be thankful. You know, there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of evil in our world. There's a lot of disease and sickness that I'm not thankful for. I'm not thankful that my dad passed. I'm not thankful for that. But I'm thankful in it that God has grown me and God is teaching me. So God wants us to be thankful in all things because God is in control and God is good. God is in control and God is good. And we can trust him in all things. There's things that he wants to, us to learn and teach us. You know, life has been described as hills and valleys, mountaintops and valleys. But I do think it's more like uh, what Rick Warren's wife said, Kay Warren said one time, that it's more like a railroad track. You've got both sides of the railroad track. You're moving down the railroad track of life. You've got good going on one rail and you've got bad going on at the same time. Come on, let's focus on the good. Let's be thankful for the good in our life. Let's be thankful in all things. God is at work. You cannot be happy and ungrateful at the same time. Did you know that? You cannot be happy and grateful at the same time. Unhappy people are ungrateful people. Happy people are grateful people, I promise you. It's a perspective thing because we're all going through a lot of stuff and it's the way we choose to see it in our life. Happy people are grateful people. Gratitude is one of the greatest remedies for depression. It causes us to get our focus off of ourselves and to look outward to others and for the things that we have in life to be grateful for. It's a heart at rest. It's a stress reliever in our life. One of my beautiful friends, she has a disease that is working against her body. We're believing for a miracle in her life, but she has brain tumors and tumors in her body that are causing her to lose her hearing, lose her eyesight. But she is a grateful person. Her perspective is that I have something that I can say thank you for. In fact, she gives me gifts. One of the things she gave me was a pocket journal. That's like a little small journal, a pocket journal that is for things to write down that you're grateful for. God can take the worst of things. And we, if we turn our focus and our attention on to the good in our life, it can heal the stress in us. It can give us a heart at rest instead of being stressed. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Find something to give thanks for because that is going to give you true happiness in your heart and your life. We can't be ungrateful and be happy at the same time. We have to choose to have gratitude in our life. Number four. Fix your thoughts on good things. The Bible says we can fix our thoughts on good things. Philippians 4.8 says fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Fix your thoughts on good things, right? Ain't nobody can control your thoughts, only you. Only I can control what I'm thinking about. We got to think about what we're thinking about because our minds will race down a little rabbit trail very quickly. We'll write the end of the story ourselves, right? And it may not be good. Anybody with me? We gotta fix our attention. We gotta think about what we're thinking about. The war is going on inside here, not necessarily out here most of the time. Most of the time it's right in here, is where the war is going on, where the battle is won or lost is where we fix our attention, where we fix our thoughts. Can you imagine Paul sitting in this dungeon cell? It is not beautiful. It is not pretty. It's ugly. It's nasty. But he had fixed his thoughts on what was pure, lovely, the, on the things that he wrote out for us, excellent and worthy of praise. He said, you got to f- change your thoughts. you got to think about what you are thinking about in your life. If you're going to have a, a heart that is at rest and not stressed in your life, you're going to have to fix your attention a different version of that says fill your mind with those things that are true and good and right you know i think about the the helmet of salvation in in scientific terms we we talk about the reticular activating system my my life coach talked about that this week the ras anybody heard of that all the, the doctors in the room, the RAS, the Reticular Activating System, it's the things that we're just thinking about that just kind of come in and out and that we actually hear. Well, you can put on the helmet of salvation and decide what you're going to think about and what you're going to allow into your life. There are eight tests that we can take it through, filter it through, if we should allow it into our mind or not. Is it true? Is it true? Is it good? Is it right? Is it pure? Is it beautiful? Is it respected? Is it excellent? Is it worthy of honor? Are you thinking about good things? When your mind is just naturally relaxing, are you thinking about good things? Are you thinking about that person that offended you? Are you thinking about that person that didn't do what you expected that they would do and didn't turn out the way you thought? Are you thinking about the challenges in your life? Are you thinking about, Mo, my God is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than I could ask or think. And my God is at work in all of these things and he's working it all together for good for me because I love him. Can we change what we're thinking about? We've gotta fix our thoughts because we also have what we call neural pathways in our mind and that says that if we keep thinking the same thought over and over and over again, then it's more natural that we're always gonna go back to that thought. Well, let's think about some good things. Let's make those pathways good instead of negative. We get the choice. We get the choice to fix our attention and feel what we feel our minds with because your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts so we need to make sure we got control of what we're thinking about right it's so so important Isaiah 26 3 says the Lord will keep you in perfect peace all who trust in you and whose thoughts are fixed on you. If you are fix your thoughts on God, he will keep you in perfect peace. Fix your attention. Fix your thoughts on God. How do we do that? You're doing it right now. You're, you're, you're starting your week off right. You're getting the word into your heart today. But when you walk out these doors, you're going to forget a large majority of what I told you. You're going to have to get into it yourself. Why don't you read Philippians 4 yourself this week over and over again and fill your heart with the thoughts of God so that you might have his perfect peace. Remember, and cast it off. The other stuff, just cast it off. The worry, cast it off. The negative thoughts, why don't we cast them out too? I cast that out. I'm not going to think about that. You can use your hand. It'll help you, okay? If I see you this week and you're going like that, I know, I know what's going on, okay? Somebody might think we're weird, but we can say, I'm I'm, I'm taking control right now. I'm casting that out and I'm going to think about what God wants me to think about. Good things, pure things, excellent things in my life. Anybody going to do it this week? All right, come on. All right. And the last thing, to have a heart at rest and not be stressed, is to be content with anything. Be content with anything. Anything that this day brings to you, be content. Be content. It's not natural in our culture, right, to be content. But God has called us to be content. Contentment is not laziness, it's not apathy, it's not complacency, and it's not lacking ambition. No, 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 no. Content is enjoying what I have right now. Rather than waiting on something else to make me happy. Enjoying what I have right now, right here in front of me. Rather than just waiting on something else to make me happy. It's, it's when and then disease, right? When I get there, then I'll be happy. No, it's right now. It's the people I have right now, right here in front of me that I can spend my life investing in, being thankful for the things that I have right now, right here in front of me. Contentment says I'm thankful for anything and I'm content with anything that God has for me right now in my life it doesn't mean that I don't want progress it doesn't mean that I don't have goals in my life right it means I'm not waiting for something else to make me happy I'm content right now because I got a perspective that life is short so I'm going to stay encouraged and life is long so I'm going to be intentional with my life and I'm going to be content with where I am right now because God has put me right here today for such a time as this. When I walk out these doors, maybe I go to lunch somewhere, I'm gonna be content because God has placed me right there for some reason for such a time as this for somebody else that I can share love and hope and life with. God's given me the home that I'm going to go back home to, and I'm going to be thankful and content right where I'm at. It's independent of our circumstances. It's a relationship with Jesus that says, God, you are good, and I trust you today, God, that you are good. And you will provide for every need of my life, God. I'm going to reach. I'm going to continue to grow. I'm going to do the things you call me to do. But today I am at rest. I'm content right here where you have me, God. Right here. I'm content. I love my husband. I love my wife. I love my children. I am content right here where I am. I love my neighbor's. I love the work that you've called me to do, God. I am content right here, right now. It means I've learned to enjoy whatever I've got right now. I'm not waiting on someone else. I'm not waiting on something else to make me happy. I am content. Philippians 4, 11 through 12 says, I have learned to be content. Something he had to learn. It didn't come natural, Right? It doesn't come natural. It's something we have to learn. I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances are. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of contentment in every situation. Whether I'm well-fed or hungry, whether I have more than I need or when I don't have enough, I've learned to be content. The source of discontentment in our life is comparison we live in a culture where it's so easy to compare right but it's not fair to compare because that will cause discontentment right immediately in our lives proverbs fourteen thirty says peace of mind makes the body healthy but envy get this is like a cancer it eats us up if we're always looking to the right and to the left Why don't I have what they have? Or comparing ourselves to those so, so easy to do in our culture. But it's like a cancer. If you don't remember anything else I say today, remember that. Don't compare. Be content. Don't compare. It is the thing that will pull you down is comparing to others. And stop thinking that having more is better having more is not better better is better in our life right as we get better as we are better and we're healthier that's better in our life spiritually mentally in our life if we are better that's better in our life having more is not always better i know a lot of people that have more and i'm telling you depression anxiety still worry attacks their lives they have a lot i mean more than we could ever imagine but depression sitting in a room depressed still even though they have the world so it's not having more that's going to bring this heart at rest it's having these things in our life right The contentment that God brings, a life of peace, a heart at peace. Having more, we think, will make us happy. Having more will make us more important, we think, is what the culture tells us. And having more will make me more secure, but it is not true. It's a lie that we've been fed. It's not true. If God gives you more, he gave you more so you can bless somebody. I know a lot of people that are happy with a lot more, but they are, I mean, they are givers. They are constantly giving. The more they get, the more they give. That's true happiness in life. But not just having more, thinking that if we had more will make us happy. Being content is what will make us happy. Having more will not make us happier in life. Ecclesiastes 4, six says this, It's better to only have a little with peace of mind than to be busy all the time with both hands trying to catch the wind. Let's be content with what God has given us, always reaching and striving to be better because better is what's better in our life. But let's be content with what God gives us. And let's be givers. The more we give away, the more blessed we will be in our life people are possessed with their possessions. But if God is speaking to your heart today to give it away, God spoke to my heart this morning about something that I'm supposed to give away today. And I can't wait to give it away. We can't be possessed with, possessed with our possessions. God has called us to be generous givers in our life. He's given us the ability to live a life that is truly happy having these habits of happiness in our life where we don't worry, we pray about everything. We're thankful in all things. We fix our attention on good things and then we're content with anything in our life. That's what Paul told us. That's what God is speaking to us today, just to remember these five simple things in our life because that brings us right to Philippians 4.13, the scripture that the athletes wear on their blackout the 413 right I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength this version says I have the strength to face anything and everything by the power that Jesus Christ gives me I can face anything and I can do anything for him Through the power that he gives me because he's given me a heart at rest. Thoughts that are at peace. I can do anything that he gives me in my life. Whether it's difficult or it's easy, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This is what it means to truly be happy in our lives. This is the life that God has called us to. It's the path that truly leads to happiness in our hearts, in our minds, being at peace. Would you pray with me? 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 T- 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 would you pray with me? Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing,